You're listening to Blind Guy Talks Tech, your daily accessible tech podcast. Now, here's that blind guy himself, Stephen Scott. And welcome to another Blind Guy Talks Tech. I am that blind guy, Stephen Scott. Hello, uh, lovely to have your company. Also, I have that other blind guy, Sean Priest. How are you? I'm good, Stephen. Thank you. Other <laughs> blind guy. I'm not sure. No, I'll, sir, I'll go with that. I like it. Well, that's all you're getting, because uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, that blind guy has been taken. Sorry, uh, yes. But yes, uh, lovely to have you with us uh, today, because uh, we have, uh, well, you know, it's really nice today, because today we're going to talk about music. Yes, oh, music. We got a creative artiste on. Yeah, thank God it's not us. Although <laughs> yeah. you dabble in the guitar, don't you? Oh, I do, yes. Um, when you say dabble, um, yeah, it's definitely dabbling. I do. I like sitting there and having a... Um, a gentle strum and a sing-song. It's beautiful. And you like the guitar as well. Hey! Ah, even before I said it, I thought, I know where he's going to go with this. Everybody knew where I was going with that one. <laughs> that was not a surprise. Um, but yeah, no, the, I, it's funny because you play the guitar. Um, I am a proper blind person. I play the piano. You do? You, are you pitch perfect as well? No. Are you kidding? Oh, I, do you know, the thing is, years ago, if I'm going to get our guest in on this because, you know, I know he'll love this, uh, Joe Kenny is with us. Joe Kenny, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Lovely to be here. You're a singer. You're a, a writer. You're a star. Um, why do you get all the talent? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's not fair. Well, I'm, not, I'm just, I, I feel I'm not a proper blind person as I don't play the piano. Um, oh, but, well, that's the uh, I, I can't yeah. take that off. <laughs> I feel on that. No, exactly. <laughs> um, so, look, before we get into talking to you, because there's so much to talk about with you, but, uh, you know, I want to play people just a, a little sample of uh, your music, and uh, we're going to talk about where people can get your music as well. Uh, so this is uh, the first track we're going to play, just a little clip of. This is Chasing a Dream. Chasing a Dream Is it still there? Going nowhere Breaking Joe Kenny chasing a dream. Uh, Joe Kenny with us today, singer and songwriter, and a blind guy as well. We're, we're going to give you the a blind guy status, uh, which oh. is even bigger than than the status that uh, Sean and I have. So I hope you're proud of that, Joe. I am. I feel I, I feel moved, quite frankly. <laughs> moved blind moved towards the leave button on that Zoom room, <laughs> eh? or uh, just. <laughs> I <laughs> know uh, this is it's great to have you because uh, you know music. Uh, you know it's one of those things, isn't it? It almost feels a little bit stereotypical when it comes to blind people. It's, oh yeah, you play music, right? You probably play guitar. You probably play the piano. We're all Stevie Wonder at heart. Um, but you know, it's, it, and it, that's true, right? People think that they think it's, it's, it's the first thing I ever I get when I tell people I play the piano is, oh, you're just you inspired by Stevie Wonder, were you? And I'm like, well, <laughs> no, because I was ten years old and knew nothing when I started playing the piano. Uh, I still know nothing. I'm just a lot older. Anyway, what about you? How did you get into music? I mean, there's probably something in that in the sense that, you know, our eyes don't work, but our ears do. So you, you just you sort of focus yeah. on the on the bit yeah. that works. Um, I was, I think I did learn the piano when I was about five or six years old. And I, okay, I didn't stick at it, but... Ah, knew you uh, had I piano think, in you somewhere. Yeah, yeah <laughs> we all do. Uh, <laughs> and I think that's what sort of started the whole thing off. And then I, I suppose I started properly when I was about sort of 11 or 12. I started playing guitar. I started playing the drums as well, I remember, and okay. uh, school bands and that kind of stuff. And, you know, 
thought I was brilliant uh, uh, <laughs> until uh, until I quickly learned the reality. No, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I then studied sound engineering and went to you know uh, I actually went to uh, RNC College in Hereford. Oh, so did I? Yeah. Yay! I, I did indeed. Yes. Oh, I went there in the uh, late '80s, so you know I'm, I'm sure I'm much older than Joe. Oh, um, I was ninety-five. Oh 96, no, five or you're, six. Yeah, you're only a young one. I don't think they did. Did you do sound engineering while you were there? Oh, I did. Uh, I, yeah. I did three three years of it. I did. Yeah, no, it was a good place. <laughs> very, very good. I mean, I learned. <clears throat> I did honestly learn a lot. Um, okay, uh, come out of the other end, finding that there was there was very little job uh, work. In terms of sound engineering, but you know, it's it sets you on a course, doesn't it? It sets you on that path to doing something in music, and that's what I did. And then I opened a recording studio in Leeds for oh. a, about ten years, which was great fun. Honestly, really, I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed that. But that's where I kind of honed my, I suppose, my music, if you like. And was that always the intention? Was it always because I know you, some people go into these sound recording courses, maybe to go into radio or go into broadcast or something else, you know? But in your case, it was it was always music. Yeah, it was always music for me. I I just I mean at sixteen seventeen, I had this dream of being a sound engineer and then you know doing that sort of thing. But then I, I mean I think as we all did, we quickly learned it's very difficult to work in that industry. There's 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 there's, there's very little work anyway. But also if you're blind, it's it's a highly competitive industry. You know. Mm. Yeah. Well. That, yeah. Exactly. But in saying that, you know, a blind sound engineer. Is a good thing to have around, right? I mean, let's be honest. I, we we can we we pick up on things other people don't. Oddly enough, we don't edit, for example, you, waveforms by sight. Are you saying no, our ears exactly. are better? But it's true. It's true. The amount of people don't get over a the start years, on that debate. But honestly, the, the amount of people over the years I've met in radio, especially more in radio in my case, where people would edit by sight, they would look yes, at a cough on a waveform and say, oh, "I'll just edit that out." And I'm like, "Are you listening?" Are you, are you yeah, actually listening yeah. to see if that knits together when you cut that out? I really used to do my head in. I remember go, I sat in on a session when I was at college and um, the singer was given given their, their wholehearted performance and the guys in the, in the studio were just muting every time that, you know, whilst, whilst, whilst she was singing and then as soon as she'd finished, they'd just unmute. I thought, oh man, that's not good. And they were just watching the waveforms going up and down the screen. Wow. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear, dear, dear. No, I mean, it's, it's so funny. I, one thing I've learned since losing more vision is I used to always judge my levels that way. I used to use the old-fashioned VUU meters, you know, the, the, the little needles, and, you know, I'd always try and get it between, you know, five and six. That was always the pitch point in radio. Yeah. And, um, you know, that that's <laughs> the problem with that is that if you had audio that was absolutely screaming, but you could get the audio to the between five and six level, it was okay. So even if it was distorted to hell, <laughs> it could still sit between five and six, right? That's nothing to do. I mean, if what's coming in is crap, then what's going to go yeah. back out is crap. So, you know, it's, it is about listening and really does make the difference. And I'm not saying blind people are better at it, but we are. Well, I'm, I remember in the early days of the recording studio when we were using software and whatever, and we'd in an ideal world, we would sit and do dummy recordings, maybe to get the, the ideal level, and you'd do another one, turn it down, do another one, turn it down, do another one, turn it down. And this could take maybe six, eight, ten takes to get it absolutely spot on. Mm -hmm. But at least it was right. That was that was my excuse. At least it was right. Yeah. So <laughs> how did it go from you owning the recording studio and then, you know, obviously doing the sound recording work and all that? How did that become you writing and performing your own songs? 
Well, basically, uh, whilst I was at the recording studio, we primarily opened the studio really for our own indulgence, me and this other guy, uh, Sean Hayward, and we basically worked as a team producing and writing music, which was a thoroughly enjoyable experience. And we learned so much with, you know, because we just, we were just open to all this using sample sounds and recording techniques and all sorts of madness, using tape in different weird ways. And obviously then um, the, you know, the, we were recording using PC and sonar in them days. We actually started off as Cakewalk, which then became sonar. Yeah. Mm. And it, it was just, and Jaws, it was just a world of discovery. I, it was so, I mean, it was early days for all that stuff, but it was, it was so, it, it was quite liberating because up to that point, we'd all been trained on using tape. Or like, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, much more tactile. So you know, yeah. arguably, you know, it was probably a bit easier for us. I'm too young to remember that. Sorry, Joe, I am. I'm too young to remember that. But I, I skipped all that. And when I started in, in the business, it was all computers at that point. But you know, it, it, was, it was different ballgame for me because I wasn't really getting into the whole screen reader thing. But from your point of view. You know, getting into that at that stage, like you say, that journey of discovery, you were kind of growing up with it, weren't you? That's the cool bit. Yeah, because like we were literally trying to take what we knew about music from working at the, at the college and all that sort of stuff. What we knew about, you know, signal flow and mic technique and, you know, gain staging, all them th- important things, trying to and then incorporate that into the, this new, new system with a, with a computer using JAWS, getting our levels set. I mean, in those days, like Cakewalk and so on, it was literally a grid and you're up and down with your tracks and left and right with your different controls. It was just so simple to navigate, up, down, left and right. Really, yeah. that was essentially it. <laughs> you know? So do you miss those days? Do you think it's, it's, it's got, you know, accessibility now? At least people know about accessibility, right? But there does still seem to be a little bit of a lag when it comes to the audio software and the audio world, actually. I think so. It's got, <clears throat> to me at the, at the moment, it's, it's, it's quite difficult right now. I, I'm... I've been out of the game, out of the recording game for quite a while now because I just, we moved on from the studio and then I just concentrated more on performing music and writing music more than actually recording it. And I'm trying yeah. to sort of get, get um, I suppose like a home demo studio created here just so I can jot down ideas. And I'm looking at Reaper, you know, just as, a, an, a, as, a, as, an, as an example, just to try and get something going here. And it's quite difficult. I, I, I don't find it as easy as, say, the early Kickwalk Sonar days. No, absolutely. I, I find Audacity is more um, more similar to Cakewalk yeah. and Sonar, as you say. Uh, but, I mean, Reaper is incredibly popular, you know, non-destructive, and uh, there's so many. It's quite powerful. You know, it, it's sort of on a well, level, it really is. I think, with Audition and, and Logic and uh, Pro Tools. Um, so, yeah, I can understand. And, yeah, look, the king of it is it's accessible. So, uh, yeah, I, I hear a lot of people moving to Reaper. But I, t- I take your yeah. point on that, Joe, because I agree. I think although Audacity is good, my friend and I have been having this conversation for a long time about, you know, what is the perfect audio editor? And, you know, the thing for me was growing up, it was Cool Edit Pro, and then it became Adobe Edition. Yeah, I remember that. And, you know, that, that was the same kind of time, actually. That wasn't a similar time. I, I think some people went down Sonar, Cakewalk, Goldwave. Soundforge. Soundforge. Yeah, yeah Soundforge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, that, was, that, to me, was the closest, I think, to Cool Edit Pro from memory. There, there was a while when Soundforge was quite accessible. You could get editing done. You could actually, you know, mm. find your points and do a, do a good edit. And then it kinda, they kind of broke it, I think, along the way somewhere. Yeah, and, and it, I guess, that is. did that just die off that project? Did it? I think so because now it's the only show really. I I think no for two track or you know for um, basic auto editing is you know your audacity with 
you know, obviously Reaper's a multi-tracker. It's a bit of a bigger beast, you know? Yeah. Well, as, as Sean and I now know, well, I say Sean and I now know, Sean taught me how to do multi-tracking on Audacity. And um, mm. it is so cool to be able to do that, you know, be able to put the, these podcasts together and do it properly, getting the levels right, all those things that matter. Um but I still feel there's, there's something I'm missing. You know, I feel like it's, <laughs> I don't know if it's because it's free. I think if they just charged me a hundred quid for it, I'd feel better. You'd feel better. Yeah, you know I, I mean? know. There's that, like, yes. It's that kind of, oh, it's, you know, it's like one of these, is it just going to all go away tomorrow because someone just gets fed up? And, you know, we saw that happen with accessibility on the Mac side of Audacity that it hasn't really kind of kept up with the, the PC end of it. So, you know, to do full multi-tracking with Audacity, you need to use the PC. That's the truth of it. The Mac just, isn't there but i can do single track on it you know yeah sort of yeah. fine but that's multi-track editing yeah that, that, that multi-track recording where you've got various devices various tracks and channels yes is, that's a different is, story is a different story and i think i think that's where reaper does come in doesn't it it does yeah, yeah. Well, that, and that's that's what you need joe isn't it i mean we arguably could need that but you know there's programs now like audio hijack pro they've just released a big update recently you know, and it's very accessible and you can pretty much, like this is on the Mac side, you can do it. You know, do you use a Mac, Joe? Because have you, have you, you mentioned JAWS, you mentioned PCs. Are you using a Mac or are you stuck in the dark ages? Uh, I'm stuck in the dark ages. I, 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 you, know, you know what it is? My, my long-suffering wife has a Mac and I try to use it because everyone goes, you must use a Mac. You must use a Mac. What do you mean you're not using a Mac? And I've tried to use the Mac and I just, it's the file system. I where does stuff go when you save it? I can never oh, find it Joe, again. Don't even start me. I Absolutely <laughs> correct, Joe. No, stop this. This is fake news. The this finder is, is the I worst thing in the world. Stuff. No, it's in the finder. They, they even called it the finder, so you could find it. Sarcastically, they called it the finder. That's pure sarcasm, <laughs> right there. Honestly, I can Joe, find I, nothing. I am going to do a series on this. I'm just for you. I'm going to do a series about this, so you can understand it. It's so good. Do you know what? I know your wife well, and I will tell you she's a smart woman. We know this anyway. I mean, okay, she married you, but we all make mistakes. Um, but stop it, <laughs> Joe. Can I ask you? Uh, so we've we sort of covered the the recording side, but what about your actual your kit, like your guitar kit? Do you use pedals and you know effects and different chains like that? I'm 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 not too high tech. I use a, a bit a few effects. I use a, a, a I've got like a, a tape delay pedal that I use from when I'm playing acoustic, and then I go, I, I go through just a mixing desk then, and then uh, on the electric guitar I've got a I've got one of these uh, uh I've, I've got a Boss amp that's got like far too many buttons on it. And it's just it's mind blowingly <laughs> complicated, and yep. uh, I just know that I've saved a couple of sounds that I like. It's a because di- it's a, it's a, one of these digital amps that tries to be analog. But it does sound good, so uh, I've, I've saved me patches, as they say, and then that's all I use. I'm quite, no, I, I mean, give me a, a a nice guitar sound with a load of delay and reverb, and I'm happy. I can play for hours, you know. Yeah, just exactly. dialing in different sounds. Yeah. But how how accessible is all that kit? Again, I'm I'm sort of going back to. It seems like the music and audio sector is is really behind. Have you got anything that's actually accessible, or is it just you know I've made it work? No, it, it's, it's, it's a case of making it work. It's, it's the old way of counting the taps, uh, you know, counting along with the buttons and you yeah. know, holding it for five seconds and wishing that it was more accessible. Uh, <laughs> that, that's what tends to happen with a lot of this gear. You know, it, it really is just um, finding ways around it. And you know something, I think, I, I think as blind people, we, we're, we're, we're masters at this, finding, cracking the code. What is the, 
how many taps forward and back and holding how many seconds and yeah. you know up down left and right you know <laughs> uh -huh. we we all have to learn this you know how to every everybody kit that we have so you're keeping it pretty analog and and that the other thing that's quite interesting I think these days especially perhaps around music compared to you know 10 15 years ago maybe even 5 years ago I don't know is that what I noticed was and again I can only talk from my radio experience right because and it's a different world I know that but what I noticed was over the years, when I started in radio, you had racks and racks and racks and racks of stuff, right? <laughs> Equipment and processors and mini discs and tape decks and God knows what else. Oh, yes. Now you've just got a screen and a keyboard and that's it. And I'm thinking, well, yeah. I guess music's not that dissimilar. I mean, you probably need a bit more. I guess you need a physical guitar. I guess you can't use an iPad. Um, you probably could these days. I probably could, I imagine, but... You know, the point is that you need less than you would need, say, 10, 15 years ago when you maybe started out in all this, right? Yeah, well, I mean, certainly if, even from when we had the recording studio, like we had racks, right, you say racks of gear, you had, you had mic preamps, you had compressors, you had EQ and all sorts of stuff and patch bays. And, but all that's internal now, and mm. some of it's so good. It's, it sounds so absolutely amazing that you'd... You know that you would lose quality going outside, you know, going back through a rack, a, a rack unit, unless that's a sound that you wanted. But uh, certainly, like, for example, that amp that I'm playing through now, I mean, it, it does the job of, like, I know, six or seven bits of equipment that you would have had in, like, a pedal chain. And now you don't yep. need any of that. You just have the one amp, plug it Jeez. in and go. <laughs> you know? That's amazing, isn't it? It is. I think what I like about it is, like, I still, like, you, you, you can't fake, say, like, a good acoustic guitar that, you know, good wood that's well built that you know you st like you still need that there's no there's no faking that there's no making that into digital yeah like it's, yes. you, you still need the building blocks it's funny i've played a few electric pianos in my time and i've thought yeah they're nice and don't get me wrong some of them are very good they've got the proper weighted keys and all that and they really do mm. play well because you know it's one thing the sound coming out but it's another thing playing it yes. and you know you experience. have to get that experience of and, and you know some of them are very good but you just cannot replicate a true piano. I mean, if you sat down and played a, a grand piano, like a, a Steinberger or a Yamaha even to some degree, you know, you're never going to get anywhere near the quality, I don't think anyway, of that in electric. No. And it's, as you say, it's the experience of it. That you can feel, the, the, <clears throat> you can feel the, the wood and everything vibrating the way it should. And it's, it's odd. that's what's important, I think, sometimes, because that, that then inspires you to play better or to, you know, write or to compose or... Whatever. I remember Alicia Keys did it. She had spent quite a lot of time on creating, I, and somebody will have to explain this probably in better words than me, but she essentially was able to replicate the sound of her piano that she used in all her music, which became synonymous with her, that style, that sound of Alicia Keys. Um, she was able to replicate that so people could go and buy essentially her piano, but, yeah. you know, in MIDI form. So that could be replicated onto their electric keyboards or whatever. And that just, that just blew my mind. But no matter how good anybody is, I mean, you can hand me, uh, Steven Spielberg could hand me his, you know, 50 grand video camera and I'll make something that looks like a whole movie. And yeah, I could hand him my Sony Handycam and he'll make a masterpiece out of it, you know? So, yeah. you know, it's, it's, the, it's the right tools and the right hands. And obviously in your case, Joe, you're going to make some great music. And are you enjoying doing it? Is this, what is this for? I mean, is this, is this a career you're looking for? Are you going to be the next... 
I don't know, names, Ed Sheeran, I don't know, somebody who's modern. <laughs> I know nothing of music. Um, but, you know, you're going to be the next Ed Sheeran. Is that where you want to be? Or is this just for fun? What's it all about? For me, it was a kind of a bit of a, okay, I've played music all my life, but it was mainly, I got into that thing of just doing bar gigs and it was just for cash and just, you know, it was, it was a way of helping make ends meet. But I've always written music and I've always been kind of very frustrated that I've never actually sat down and decided to release music properly. And you know, get it distributed to well worldwide as it is now. Mm. And I reached my forties and thought I'm going to do this. And then along came the pandemic, and that really became a a real. Um, I don't want to sound too cliched here, but but it it, it was like the kick up the backside that I needed because it yeah. made me realise that in the blink of an eyeless face, overnight we were robbed of all this stuff that we were so we took for granted, mm-hmm. whether it was going out to go shopping or whether it was just going to visit people, our friends and family, whatever it was. For me, all gigs stopped in the blink of an eye and stayed stopped for quite a long time. And so I thought, like, if I don't do this, I'll always wonder what, a, you know, what I'm missing. And also, who knows? Like, I think my songs are good, not being uh, big headed, but, you know, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't, if I thought they were rubbish. So I want to share, I want to share what I'm doing. So I'm not saying I'm going to be the next Ed Sheeran, no, because, you know, Ed's Ed and no one can uh, beat him at being him. But I'm certainly, I'm happy to release this music and see where it goes. And if people like it, great. I've learned so much, though, in terms of, you know, the whole digital distribution through, you know, getting your music on Spotify and Amazon Music and Apple Music. It's, it's a whole world. It's really quite something. <laughs> well, that, I wanted to ask you about that, because what's that process like? And, and are you doing this all by yourself? Are you getting sighted yeah. help for it? No, nothing. Well, I need sighted help with the design of um, the cover art for the singles and the, and the, mm. the EP. I released uh, I've, re- I've released two 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 singles so far an, an EP in September 2021 and we've got another single coming out now at the end of April so all that needs a little bit of sided help with the old uh, graphic design but apart from that no it's all me filling in the you think about like when you release something you upload it to like a a, a website and then they distribute like you pay for the privilege obviously but mm-hmm. they distribute it out to all the streaming services and download services across the world it's quite an amazing thing really because that was never open to individuals before all this streaming and downloading technology. No, it's incredible. And is that process, I take it, it is accessible then? It, you know some, it, it actually is nearly. It's at 95%. <laughs> There's a little, you, 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 I'm sure you know too the, 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 the agony of getting nearly through a thing and mm, there's yes. this one box that you can't tick <laughs> yeah, or the one yeah. button you can't find. <laughs> or it just keeps saying, please try again. You've not clicked in. I'm like, well, I've, yeah, I've, yes. I've ticked everything. What have I missed? Or, <laughs> uh, yeah, and the next and the next button's grayed out. And why? Where's the, what have I missed? I can't find what I've missed. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, it nearly is. And it's quite, I, I was quite amazed how, I suppose it's because it's standardized website design. It's not, it's not a specialized app or anything. It's just a website that you log into and do your thing, you know? Yeah. And, and sometimes, was, sometimes the back end of these sites is, actually quite simple because they're not meant yes. to look great or anything so they, they just they're just forms really and you can just fill them in so in some ways that actually makes it easier it does because it's functional they aren't going for the big flashy design it's more just get it done get it yeah. get the bits of text and whatever you need to put in then upload your tr- tracks your your image files hit go more or less <laughs> keep your fingers crossed <laughs> so what's, have you had much of a reaction have you uh have you been surprised have you been disappointed how's it gone 
I've been actually quite surprised. I mean, I'm getting a, a nice little you know, reaction. I'm not saying that I'm setting the world alight because I'm not, but uh, I'm getting quite a nice bit of um, people listening on YouTube. Uh, I do a lot of lives on TikTok and Facebook and YouTube, and people are uh, TikTok is amazing. It's the most inaccessible, irritating <laughs> app, but people do listen. And they really love to watch. And it's, if you can get somebody to help you with it, it's it's, it's very rewarding, but it's so inaccessible. Oh, so frustrating. It is. It's, I, it's, I, I'm too old for TikTok, Joe. I've, I've given up on it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm on Twitter and Facebook. I'm on the Screaming and Old Persons Network. That's, that's where you'll find me. That's <laughs> Andy, considering you are a screaming old person. Well, yeah, but I mean, separately, right? So you've got the old person network. I was told this by my niece who said to me, she said, you know, you're on Facebook. That's for old people. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, niece. Uh, that's your yes. allowance cut. And um, yeah. And also, you know, I'm on the screaming network, Twitter, where people just shout at each other. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, I, I love Twitter, right? Because you go on there, you say good morning. And the first 10 tweets that follow are usually, you know, it's all right for you. You're quite privileged to say good morning. <laughs> Some of us don't have a good morning. Oh, get lost. And then so it starts. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, yes. it's an interesting one. So TikTok not accessible, no, but it's, awful. it's but it's where the audience is. Oh yeah, and like funny, I assumed like a lot of people do. I think that TikTok's just for teenagers, and it it really isn't. There's so many people our age on. Well, I'm assuming I don't, I don't know what age you guys are, but uh, it's it's full Old. of people like us. <laughs> yeah, old. <laughs> no, it's, it's true. You're absolutely right. I think of TikTok now as like the the new YouTube. It, it, it's yes. or, or even Facebook Watch. I mean, Stephen, we've talked about Facebook Watch in the oh, past. God, yeah. Yeah, it just constantly it. throws things at you, and you could waste hours on it. Just oh yeah, browsing I've seen more of the Graham Norton show on Facebook Watch <laughs> than I've seen on anything else. <laughs> I, I didn't even watch have. the Graham Norton show. <laughs> but there's something in it, and TikTok is exactly the same. Yeah. It's very addictive. And then it's, see, Instagram and Instagram Reels. I mean, I'm, I'm trying so hard to get it with Instagram. And I feel such a, I feel such an old person when I'm on Instagram because it's so, well, it, it's very inaccessible. And it's also just, I just don't really get it. But I try. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's because it's so visual. That's the thing for me. Yeah, it's probably. Like, I think that's it. Because I know a lot of blind people love going on these platforms like TikTok and, and Instagram. And I, I, I don't get it. I'm like, why are you on there? No. I, 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 I kind of know why some people go on it because you've got to go feel, where the people are. <laughs> yeah, but, but, yeah, and also they, they want to talk to sighted people, right? They don't just want to talk to other blind people. They want to get a message out, and sometimes it's about advocacy, and I get that. So you know, I totally understand why you want to be on there. And I think the biggest irritant is that it's not the most accessible platform. And frankly, why not? Right? Why shouldn't it be? I know. Um, but but certainly from I mean from like you say the live point of view because I think I saw you do some stuff but I think it might have been on Facebook Live you were doing some live yeah. stuff on there and it's just isn't it amazing that you've got that ability and and you know just come back to the point about uploading your music you know I think for people listening to this who might be thinking hang on you know I make music I do this can I just literally upload my tracks onto this onto Amazon Music or Spotify or whatever. I mean, is it that open? I I kind of thought you had to go through an agent or go through some nope. distribution company, but. You literally pay for the, I mean, at a rough guess, I'm trying to remember now, but a rough guess between like 20, 30, 40 pounds will get you uh, logged into, I use CD Baby. There's, there's loads of other distribution websites. Buy me a drink but I use you. Yeah. I use MP3 <laughs> sugar. <laughs> hey. Thank you. <laughs> no, but it's, believe it or not, there's a website called CD Baby and it's, it's just a website and you, 
create an account, you log in, you pay your uh, your fee, and then you're, you can literally release your music to the world. Now, wow, the trick. And then the hard work starts really because because it's so easy. There's so many people doing it, and mm. so <laughs> who are you amongst this other? thousands that have released music apparently today you know it's like and that's the trick i say the trick there's no trick to it that's the that's the mystery you know of trying to actually stand out from the crowd a bit and it's trying to get recognized and and like you say part of that is is essentially flogging yourself on social media at any opportunity you can get because you need to get you you need to get your head above everyone else's to be heard to to be seen Yes, and so people go, oh, so so that guy live on TikTok. Oh, I'll follow this link through to his his uh, Spotify, and then oh, look now there he is again. And that's what you're trying to always do, trying to get people from one platform over onto another. You know, yeah. I, I'm really really proud of what you've done with this, Joe. I mean, for a couple of reasons. One, because I think you know you you've taken something, you've run with it, and you've gone with it. Secondly, I'm so lazy, I could not be bothered. So I'm so <laughs> impressed that you've got the desire to do this um i mean all of it just sounds like so much hard work <laughs> oh it's a, it's ours it's our but then i mean <clears throat> i could say the same thing about podcasting i, I, God, this I, is I mean nothing. That... this is just talking out loud <laughs> it's easy like it's, it's funny you say you know it, it was because sorry because... it's very difficult yeah really difficult nightmare <laughs> yeah, yeah. really really hard I'm sweating here. <laughs> it was because of lockdown and i think you know it's right it, it sort of forces you that Okay, what other time in your life would you say, okay, I'm not going to, you know, go out and I'm going to spend the time and I'm going to concentrate on this. But lockdown did sort of, okay, here is your time. You've got it. You've got all the time you need now. So it's funny. And yes. it's such, it was such a, a, you know, a terrible experience that we all went through. But there were some, some things about lockdown, you know, it, it just made people take stock again. It, it's strange. I have to be honest, whilst there was, yeah, you're right, there were some bad things about lockdown, of course there was. <clears throat> we, we were stuck in our houses and all the rest of it. But you're right, I, I, I described that EP that I'd done as my lockdown labour of love because it was, I just had all the time in the world to craft this thing, to write songs, to edit them and to make them better, shorter, longer, whatever. I'd tweak them all I wanted and then I got into the recording studio and then I got time to produce them and have fun and I was just... And plus, there was a there was a couple of um, artistic grants going over here in Northern Ireland, which helped with the funding of the whole process too. Which was that was another sort of offshoot of the kind of COVID pandemic that there was a bit of assistance for, you know, yeah, creative art, uh, creative, uh, well, as they call them, creatives, as they say now. But you know, <laughs> but it, it, it was, and that's, uh, um, and I know that there was lots wrong too with how they, you know, looked after people in the creative industries. But there was money available over here, and so it, 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 it was there for the taking if you wanted to go and do a project like I did. We've got something in our lives that's good, that makes us happy. And music, yeah. in your case, must, you know, and it does. I mean, music, music makes everybody happy, right? Unless you're going to sit there singing depressing country songs. And I, don't get me wrong, I like a depressing country song. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I, I, I agree. I think sometimes <laughs> you, you, can, you can go through life, and some people do this a lot, you know, the, you'll do a job or maybe a, a, something you don't enjoy and makes you unhappy. I don't think you can do it for very long. I think if you're really honest with yourself, you've got to find whatever makes you happy and do that. And, and I mean, I'm not going to say that, you know, um, every moment of music is just a pure joy because like, it's hard bloody work. And there's times the constant, <clears throat> you know, the constant kind of trying to compete with others, the, the constant trying to make your music heard over thousands of other people. And why should they care about you amongst these other guys? 
and that, that can sometimes be, feel a little bit, um, you know, a bit soul destroying. But you always mm-hmm. have to remember that it all starts, it sort of starts and ends with your belief in yourself, I think. And do you enjoy it? Do you like what you do? And if, you're that, if, if the answer is yes, then keep doing it. I think it's that simple sometimes. Yeah, well, I mean, that's it. I mean, I've taken that view, as most people know. I, I enjoy what I do. I don't think anyone else does, but I enjoy it. So, you know, <laughs> that's fine. I enjoyed Stephen. Oh, you're very kind, Joe. You're very kind. Uh, okay, let's uh, play a bit of your new single, Joe. This is called Label Me. Don't label me when you know nothing about life. Don't tell me what I need or how to feel about mine. When the difference is the only thing you ever see. You label me There's more to the man With a stick in his hand There's more to the girl over there In the chair There's more to me Than I let you see There's more to you than you that's Label Me, Joe Kenny's brand new single, which is coming out this weekend. We'll tell you how you can get your ears on it uh, in just a moment. But uh, Joe, uh, what's this about? Is this a, now, Let me just ask, is this about that collection of videos that you've yet to get round to labelling properly? <laughs> well, I, um, it literally is about labels. I, is it, this is the song that I'd said I'd never write, because when I started writing music, I've always shied away from writing about any disability or blindness or I, <clears throat> something like that. And I don't know why I always st- steered away from it, but I did. So I finally decided like enough is enough. Let's write a song about how I feel about But people just label people for, you know, whatever reason, whether it's d- disability, blindness, whether it's to do with, you know, sexual orientation, whether it's gender, whether, whatever. People always put labels on others, you know, and it's from assumptions that they make or draw or stereotypes that society sort of perpetuates. That's very deep. But basically, <laughs> that's what that song's about. It's about saying, like, you know, we're all people. We're all individuals doing our thing. We've got families. We've got stuff to do. And don't assume uh, what others are. Don't assume what people can and can't do or what we're up to, because you're probably wrong. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. And I think you're right. You, know, you sort of fought against... Um... I don't want to say the cliche of, you know, I'm going to, because uh, I'm blind, I'm going to sing about that. Um, but this came around naturally, right? You felt that you wanted to, to write this song at that time. So, yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong in that at all. Well, yeah, because normally for me, not always, but usually the music comes first. And with this, it did. And I had this guitar riff and it was, I liked it. And I thought, what is this song about? And then these, these lyrics came to me, you know, um, and I thought, yeah, well, let's go with it. Let's not stop the process. Let's just go with this and see what sort of song we end up with. And this is it. It's out, it's out on the 30th. Uh, you can get it on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, anywhere basically that you stream or download music. And, uh, or, and it's on my YouTube channel as well. Is it available on Napster, Joe? I had just asking for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> is it available on LimeWire? I need to just oh, check that. Do you website. remember that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like an yeah. C90 cassette. <laughs> Is it on vinyl? It probably I, is. I, I've got to say that, you know, I loved LimeWire because not only did you get the song you were looking for, you got 10 viruses free. You know, free with every song. Yeah. It's funny you should say, vinyl is booming right now. Now, I don't mm. intend to do any vinyl, but it, people are crying out for vinyl. It's crazy. It's crazy. Even it cassettes are coming back. I don't understand it, but hey. I don't get you know, that, no. It's just a fashion that. thing. That's why I say I mean, controversial. 
vinyl does have a sound. It does. It's got a warm sort of sound to it, but tape? I could live without that. No. I mean, you know, tape, <laughs> tape is good. I'll tell you, I would love... You know what I'd love to come back? The micro cassette. I love oh, micro oh, tapes. I did. Because I used to, because, you know, the, the problem is these days, right, is all these, mo- I've got my Victor Reader, right, and I use that for my Braille class whenever I'm doing my Braille stuff and just kind of refreshing, whatever. And, you know, I always lose my place, guaranteed lose my place on it. And I think if this was a tape, I could just stop it and I'd know as soon as I hit play, it's going to start from where I left it True. every time. And if I hit the, the rewind thing, it doesn't jump back a chapter. You know, right. oh, so, tape. Oh, Calm down. Stephen, Stephen, you're so linear. <laughs> I am. I am so old. <laughs> Joe, Joe, what's your uh, YouTube channel? It's a, uh, if you search for Joe Kenny music. Simple as that. Cool. Yeah. yeah that's I mean, brilliant. That's, you, you'll find me at Joe Kenny music on, on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Spotify, anything. Listen, Joe, you know, we're having a lot of carry on here, but, you know, honestly, I, I'm so happy at what you've done. I think it's brilliant. And I just love the fact that you seem to be just having a great time with it. And, you know, it, it's a great thing, just sharing music with the world. You know, I think this particular song is going to resonate with a lot of people. Um, I, you know, we'll all be buying it. Well, do we buy it these days or do we just listen to it? Well, you can buy it on iTunes if you wish, but yeah, most people just listen. <laughs> does, that get, does that give you money? Do you get cash in hand for that? Well, not cash in hand, I guess. But. Yeah, I mean, I must admit, I got my first payout and I had something like a couple of thousand listens of some of a song on Spotify and I was looking forward to this payout and I was couldn't wait and it landed in my bank and I think I got like something like £5.50. Wow. Really? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. You are doing it for the love, right? Okay. Um, <laughs> no, well, listen, you know, but the thing is, well, listen, hopefully more people will listen by hearing this and, you know, we'll just spread the word as best we can. I don't think we've got as many people watching or listening to us as tech. TikTok, not TikTok. TikTok. Um, <laughs> listen, Joe, thank you so much for coming on. I really wish you all the best with the new single. Label Me is out this weekend. It's officially April 30th. You can get it, as Joe says, on Apple Music, on Amazon Music, on Spotify. Uh, we're going to play out with a clip of it again. Uh, Joe, thank you so much for coming on to our show today and, uh, and uh, geeking out with us. Uh, Sean, Stephen, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks, Joe. Good luck. How do I feel about my when the difference is the only thing you ever see You label me Label me. Mm-hmm. You label me. Oh. You label me.